Welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers podcast. We release podcasts here, in part and in full, on the Joy of Sunflowers website. The Joy of Sunflowers podcast is about sisterhood through infertility and pregnancy loss. We cover a range of topics including fertility, pregnancy after loss and so much more. I speak with a range of people including wellness professionals, medical experts and beautiful mamas. The aim of this podcast is to bring you information and experiences that will validate and equip you for whatever season you find yourself in right now. Hi, Chris and Rob. Welcome to the Joy of Sunflowers. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, please introduce yourselves a little bit more um, and we'll get into it. Into it. My name is Rob. I am a uh... Coming to you live from Falmouth, Maine, or pre-recorded from Falmouth, Maine, and uh, my wife and I lost our daughter, Lila. She was delivered stillborn December 13th, 2017, so just over five years ago. And my name is Chris. Uh, I'm also coming to you uh, from Falmouth, Maine. Uh, I'm Isabel's father, and she was stillborn on July 21st of 2018. Two days before my birthday, which I did read on your website, Ella, that unfortunately is something we have uh, a little bit of similarity on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's always uh, just a an, just the added suck, you know, on there uh, when it's right next to your birthday or right on your birthday. I mean, at least we won't forget, but I don't think we will ever forget that anyway. So <laughs> it's, it's it's very my birthday is taken on a different connotation at this point. It was. Uh, 2018, my birthday was spent in the funeral home, actually. So it was, uh, yeah, I think I was texting Rob all day on it. Uh, he he suffered his loss about eight months prior to me. And then Jay, who's not with us, was, what, Rob, about a year before you? Somewhere roughly yeah, in that 11 area? Months before, yeah. 11 months. So, You're in the yeah. same vicinity, yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So we're all within a year and kind of like you're all sort of close together. Were you friends before yeah. or did you come together from this experience? Well, yeah, we were within a year and a half of all three of our losses. I, Jay and I, we went to college together. We were, we roomed next door to one another our first year, which is how we met. And then we lived together all subsequent years. And the college we went to is a very small knit community and Chris's wife went to our school and Chris's wife's sister was one of our classmates. And so, you know, all being in Maine, we were just, we were made aware of the fact that he had lost, he and his wife had lost their daughter. And so we reached out and then the three of us immediately started hanging out and being able to share with one another things we couldn't talk about with anyone else. And I know we'll get into that, but that was how we were connected. Jay and I, uh, friends from college and, yeah. Well, I mean, it's good that when you actually find some people that are close to you where you can actually meet up. Um, I have yet to actually meet up with fellow lost mums and, and you know, talk things out. And, you know, this, this is really my only way of kind of connecting with as many people as I can. Uh, I live in the middle of nowhere, so there you go. Um, <laughs> on a phone. Fun- <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Maine's a little bit seen. I think within the U.S. is being kind of middle of nowhere, right? Even though it's the top of nowhere. If you go, if you go if you go further north, it is. But you know, I think also, you know, this is a big. If you've seen Sad Dads, like we do a lot online, 
Like our our primary presence is Instagram, at least from a social media standpoint. And then really the focal point of what we're doing at the moment is what we call the last the lost ad open hour. Uh, we currently do them once every other week on Thursdays at eight thirty p.m. Eastern time. Um, but you know that really started because Rob J and I met at a bar in downtown Portland, and you know we've told this story a few times. But we we were three guys sitting around a table at a crowded bar with like tears in our eyes, and it was a really unique experience in this in the event that. Jay and Rob had each other. So the order went Jay, Jay lost his daughter, um, Bella first, and then Rob lost Lila, and then I lost Isabel. So Jay was that rock for Rob. Rob and Jay were that rock for me. And it was really unique finding a group of guys where I didn't have to justify my feelings. I didn't have to explain why I was upset. I didn't have to explain things that you find yourself having to explain to people who are fortunate enough to not understand. And that's a big, a big factor for us. We, I've always said, if you're lucky enough not to understand, I hope you never do. Um, and it's really nice to find a community where you don't have to explain those feelings. And so over the course of time in this friendship, we just started talking about, well, if this works so well for us, why not see if this might work for other people as well? And that's, you know, I, I, let me know if I'm leaving anything out, Rob, but that was kind of a big driver behind behind all of this. Mm. Yeah, that's exactly it. We found that there was a boundlessness when we had the internet and what we were doing for one another and providing an outlet. It was like, well, what if there's somebody who doesn't have anybody to talk to? What if there's somebody who's struggling with a certain feeling of confliction by being sad because they lost their child and then feeling guilt because they start to feel relief or have a laugh or smile or feel good again? That is one I always point that one out only because I think that's one of the biggest uh, hurdles to jump over the the thought, the feeling, the notion, the affirmation that you can feel good again, that you're able to find happiness in life again, even after something so profoundly tragic and dark. Um, but you you nailed it all, Chris. I mean, it's all about creating an outlet for one another. Um, because we did that for each other. That's really beautiful. I think it's really necessary as well. I mean, we said before we um, began this interview that women have so many different spaces and, you know, I mean, we chat women, we can, we can talk forever. Um, So I think it's really quite easy for us to do that. Yeah. Um, But I think for men, like, there's almost like, you know, the set things that you're supposed to talk about, you know, rather than the the sad stuff and the stuff that we, you know, we women were just like, no, you just talk about all of it. Just get it all out there and let your emotions out. So um, how how has it been, like, how has the reaction been to your page? And, um, you know, have you had a lot of good feedback? Yeah, sure. So uh, the reaction has been incredibly good um you know when we started the lost dad open hours they were once a month um you know the first one probably had seven people or so um it's since expanded to the point where we're we need breakout rooms it's now twice a week the last one went for over three hours so um what we found is that 
while the you know the social norms kind of say oh be tough and everything like that um guys want to talk and guys that you might not expect either um one of the things that i think that we we came up with and and do really well at the open hours are we don't care if you speak or not if you want to come shut your camera off and just listen to other people tell their stories we we welcome you i mean if you are the wife of somebody we we don't it's not just for men i now predominantly that's who shows up um but you know just two weeks ago we had somebody who showed up to the open hour who had lost their child the night before and he showed up with his wife and the next day they were scheduled to go to the funeral home and the entire session which i don't know rob probably lasted over two hours was a group of guys who were not far removed from their loss themselves. We're talking two months, three months, four months, rallied around this individual who was walking in what I can safely describe as one of the most hellacious scenarios you could imagine the next day. And um, that's the type of powerful moment that occurs in these open hours that occurs live and has made all of this worth doing. Um, when we started, I always said, what we're doing is if we even help one person, this is all worth it because it's going to, I know having one person for me was pivotal and the community has grown to such a point where um, it's clearly helping a lot of people. And I think we hoped it would get to the direction it's heading, but this first year has been incredible. Uh, and I'll let Rob go from there because I've been talking for too long. No, not too long at all. I think you hit on all the most important and pertinent points. And I think one thing you mentioned that is especially profound about the Lost Ads Open Hour is that people's willingness to actively listen is huge. It's one thing to talk, but as Chris said, like you can come however you feel most comfortable. But even in the context where somebody does really want to share, they also want to listen. And that's where the balance is totally achieved. It almost it feels it's a bit surreal being in those situations with all of those incredible guys because they're so open and they're so supportive that I've never been in a room. I know this is proverbial and virtual, like a room with such incredible individuals who are so generous with their attention, with their heart, with their vulnerability and even if somebody is really eager to talk, they're also really eager to listen. So I think that just that balance is totally achieved, which is what makes it so special. The energy is, it's tough not to be overwhelmed by when you f reflect on it and talk about it. Like these guys are amazing who show up and that that's what makes it like, that's what, that's what makes it a thing is because people are willing to share. They're willing to show up. They're willing to listen. They're willing to be. And that's what we we hoped for, that there would be a community and that's what's forming right now. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Like, so, like, it like brings tears to my eyes a bit, you know, it's, that's so beautiful that you're creating that space for men to actually come to. And, you know, and like you said, you're open to women too. And I think that's just so important. Um, it's definitely something that's missing. Well, we're not creating it. Everybody who comes creates it. Like it's, we are, but we're one, we're one part of it just the same as 
everyone who shows up is one part of it. It's nothing if people don't show up and we don't have anything to talk about or anything to be like moved by or, or taken with unless people show up and they show up in the way that they've been showing up. Cause Chris and I can go on and on about Lucas's dad and then other Lucas's dad and Aisha's parents. And I mean, we can list everybody because we refer to them by their child's names, parents or dad or whomever, because we welcome anyone. And I don't know, I, I, I find myself getting overwhelmed too when I reflect upon like how special the space is. Yeah. Well, and I think, and to clarify Rob's point, um, and this is this is his creation. He started doing it randomly during an open hour, and it's become kind of one of our defining characteristics. Um, so when you come to an open hour, what we found is most of the people, it's it's really hard to reacclimate into society after a loss like this. Um, the the description I always use is if you've seen a movie where somebody's walking through the crosswalk. And then everything's around him or her is moving in warp speed and you're stuck in that that one spot. That's kind of what life after loss feels like. The world keeps moving and you get stuck in this one in this one spot. And so one of the themes that we hear a lot is I don't get to talk about my deceased child. So we talk a lot about how do you address things like when people ask how many children you have, like all of these questions that get far more complicated after a loss when people mean well and it's standard topics of conversation, but they get trickier after a loss. Um, so one of the themes we always talked about is not being able to say your child's name and the guilt that can be associated with it sometimes to navigate social situations. So what Rob started doing was instead of saying, you know, um, like instead of saying Will or Mike, he would say Mike Avery's father um, or Will Lucas's dad. And so everyone is known by their their child who's passed. And, you know, we he just did it out of nowhere. And it's really caught on. And I don't think any of us necessarily planned that or expected it. But it's become something that people really like because they get to they get to say and hear their child's name. Whereas outside of that, you know, network, a lot of the times they don't as much as they'd like to. Mm. Yeah, no, I've I found it very validating hearing people speak about their children and saying the names of those that they've lost. And, you know, it is really powerful. It's something that not everyone can do, um, for sure, because I know a, f- a fair few people now who haven't named their losses because they just they couldn't bring themselves to do it. Um, Which is totally OK, too. I mean, yeah. we it's like we, we're. Grief is, as you said, I, I kind of believe that when you have grief of this magnitude, you can't really control it. I think it's kind of hardwired into people how they react to grief on this level. And so we, we I, there's no great way to say it, but it's so hard to compare grief because we have these common elements, but each person's so unique and individual. So I, I know exactly what you're saying. And we have people, I think most of the people have named in our group, if not all, but we've come yeah, across... Yeah. No, no, go. Sorry. Sorry, Chris. No, that was it. Just, yeah. Same of like, if we, I think we are hypersensitive to the fact that as you were saying, the people grieve differently, the people's journeys are different. We just want to be alongside as much as we possibly can in the best role that we can. And so 
definitely something that we keep in mind in terms of when people are introducing themselves. We do introductions in the beginning of the of, of each Lost Ads open hour. And we ask people to share only if they want to and whatever they feel like or don't feel like is fine because again, it's like it's it no one no one wins, no one gets any you can only get out of it what you want to and what you want to give is all you can. And so in that way, it's like, um, you have to listen to yourself. And I think a lot of people hold themselves to unfair standards to be like, well, I should be doing this because I heard about this person doing that. It's like, well, it's not that simple. If that works for that person, doesn't mean it's going to work for you. If going to a virtual open hour and talking and saying the name of your child work works for one person that doesn't mean it's going to work for you so if being there without your camera on and just listening to all these other guys babylon works then great like you don't have to share you don't have to do or be anything other than what you feel and i think that a lot of people have trouble with that um but i i think that when they come to our space hopefully they feel that that is truly like the embraced approach to it because we have some people who do show up and just don't put their camera on, which I'm like, awesome, cool. Cause I don't want to turn people off to the fact that there are so many with their camera on talking. Um, I want there to also be those people who can hopefully get something out of um, feeling as though they can just be there. Yeah. Well, oh, you brought it. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say you brought it up earlier. Some people don't like talking about it, but mm-hmm. you want to feel like they're not alone. And, um, there's always one quote that stuck with me that I think one of the a guy named Matt in, who comes to every meeting, great guy, lives in Boston. Lily's he said, dad. yep, it's Lily's dad. Um, so basically, he said one thing that's always stuck with me. And I think sums up the open hours very well. The first meeting he came, he said he wanted to see a future version of himself. And he said that because. Jay, Rob, and I are all five, around five years, a little bit plus out from our loss. Most guys who come are the first year. Some are just passing that milestone. And what that meant to me, what made it so powerful is that all he was saying was, I want to know there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I want to know I'm going to be able to live again. And I want to see that other people have navigated this. And that's really why we love doing the open hours yeah yeah no it's it's i've definitely enjoyed seeing um not enjoyed but like i've i've felt comfort in seeing women who you know are 20 years ahead or like five years you know 10 years ahead because yeah it is it's like you know that whole okay what can i expect to be feeling thinking you know is how 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 is this going to affect me in the future and I mean, even with that, like we're all different. It's gonna be different um, for each person. Like we have we have the same emotions in terms of like the the stages of grief and all those things, but how we how we end up and how we let it change us really just depends on how how we wanna be changed by it. Um, I've really started to notice that in people, you know, when you actively want it to change you in a good way. And you actively seek to to grieve and to move through. I think that's when you see fruit and you can see beauty in the in the dark, bleak places. 
even when you don't want to. It's very difficult to. I mean, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I, you take it. No, go ahead. I was just saying, I was, I was reiterating like super hard because you said very difficult. I said super hard. Now you go. And Oh, okay. Well, I, I and you summed it up perfectly, Ella. It's um, you, it, the goal is to get to, everyone's working towards that same end goal of being happy again, seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. But as you said, it's, everyone takes such a different path to get there. And, you know, you have milestones along the way. I know for me, my wife, I mean, that one of the big themes we talk about is the different grief patterns of, of men and women in here. And, you know, we, I can only speak to my own experience, but my wife couldn't be around newborns. I, I really struggled with toddlers. Um, and there's different, it's different reasons. Cause I always pictured, you know, playing tennis with my daughter, running around with my daughter. So whenever I would see a toddler, I would picture what I lost and the memory is I wouldn't be able to form. And for her, it was infants and she was fine around toddlers. And, you know, I, we always talk about how we're not therapists. We are not professionals. We don't pretend to be. Um, as a matter of fact, we stress that we aren't. Um, we can only share our own experiences. And um, yeah, I'm sure it's topics that that you probably hit on as well, just the different grief cycles of of men and women and, you know, maybe how they impact relationships and, and everything like that. We we tackle those subjects to the best of our ability quite often. Did you want to say something? I was just going to say only because Chris reminded me we are the experts of our own grief, though. Nobody yeah. knows our grief better than we do. And we keep saying that we're not experts, like sure, not like clinically or uh, medically, but in terms of what we know of ourselves. And I think that everybody at the, again, going back to the LDOH lost ads, open hours, like everybody knows what they feel. They're steadfast in what they feel and they let it out. They let it in or they accept it in. And it's tough though. I mean, it's just like unrelenting and unpredictable and um, emotionally exhausting, but it's life now. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's life now. I think, um, you know, what you say is really true, like in terms of, you know, we're all experts of our own experience, but then, you know, you'd be amazed at at how much you do know about grief and the grieving process and how much you've kind of learned from listening to all these different stories and these different, um, like, experiences and how they've dealt with their grief because, like I started writing some things down the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, like I've actually taken on a lot of this information and a lot of this, you know, pain and also hope and joy that, that you know, has come through these journeys. Um, and I mean, I don't know how many hours they say you need to do something to be an expert, but, you know, I 10, mean. 10,000. How many? 10,000. 10,000. So That's um, what I've heard. We're, That's we're, the- we're, we're we're far off, but um, you know, when you when you start writing it down, you're like, wow, I'm at, like, there's a lot that I'm learning here. Like, there's a lot of things that you know, and even the experts aren't really experts when it comes to loss, um, unless they've been through it themselves. Because you know, you, there's only so much you can get from books. There's only so much you can get from hearing it from someone else. If you haven't experienced it yourself, 
it's going to be extremely difficult for you to understand and know what this is because, you know, I knew about loss. I knew about like losing babies and stuff and like people going through miscarriages and stillborns and all that stuff. But then until I lost my last my last two pregnancies, I didn't know anything really about it, to be honest, because then it happened and I was like, wow, okay, <laughs> you know, and something <laughs> dies, something dies inside. Yeah. There's a darkness that prevails and there's a part of you that never sees the world the same again because you can hear about it all you want, but you don't live it. And once you live it, it becomes part of your life. And until it is part of your life, you don't have such a profound understanding of it. I really hope you enjoyed the first part of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit thejoyofsunflowers.com. Please note that all speakers, including experts and professionals, express information, views and opinions that should not be used to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any medical conditions. If you have a medical issue, please consult a qualified professional. Speakers voice their own views, opinions and conclusions and they may not reflect the views, opinions and conclusions of other speakers. Ella Rose, The Joy of Sunflowers and its sponsors may not endorse all or any of the views, opinions or conclusions expressed.